Greetings. Welcome back to Creative and Caffeinated, the podcast dedicated to creating inspiration and inspiring creatives. I'm your host, Amanda Elise, and today's topic is going to be creative burnout. Let's start by defining what burnout is. According to helpguide.org, burnout is a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. I'm going to have the link to the helpguide.org article in the show notes if you would like to read more about their definition of burnout. So burnout happens in any field and any industry, but it is increasingly common in creative industries, so that's where I'm going to be coming from in this podcast in particular. Some of the reasons I think burnout is especially high in creative fields is because often roles are harder to define. You might have someone who is doing one or two jobs or doesn't really have a clear role because it kind of depends on the day and the task at hand. There also might be burnout because of the fluctuating demand for jobs requiring certain creatives to have multiple jobs throughout the year in order to sustain themselves. Another big reason that I think we can all resonate with is the large lack of validity and recognition in society when it comes to creative jobs. I think we've all kind of heard the horror stories of family members telling artists, okay, when are you going to get a real job? That sort of invalidation can increase burnout because we already don't feel valid and recognized in our roles. And then when our roles get tough, we don't really feel like we have the right to complain. But I want to get one thing straight. Some degree of burnout is okay. In fact, it's really normal and even expected. However, when an acute episode of burnout goes unrecognized or unaddressed, it can become chronic, and the effects of that can be harmful. Because the symptoms of burnout vary so widely and depend on a wide array of contextual factors, including the job field, job responsibilities, income and additional financial stressors, your coworkers, your work environment, your outside social supports, and your mental health. From here, we can deduce that there are a wide array of risk factors for burnout, many of which are more commonly talked about online already. Something that has been less discussed is the wide array of protective factors, which are factors in place that make us more resilient to the long-term effects of burnout. Protective factors won't eliminate workplace burnout, but they will make it seem more manageable and less likely to become chronic. Some examples of protective factors might include having a supportive boss or coworkers that make you feel a sense of camaraderie with at least one or two other people at your job. Another protective factor might be the fact that you find meaning in the work that you do 
and you might not always like the job or the people, but you feel like the work you're doing adds value. One of the personal biggest protective factors for me against burnout is having firm work-life boundaries, and I'm going to be breaking down boundaries a little bit more now. I think we all have a good idea of what boundaries are, but in the mental health field, I like to break them down into physical, cognitive, social, and emotional boundaries. Physical boundaries might be something like using your commute to work to prepare yourself for the day and your commute home to decompress. Having a physical distance from the place that you work is a really good example of a physical boundary. For those of you who work in creative industries and maybe do a lot of work from home, it's a really good idea to get out of that space and to try and separate your work from your home. Whether that's having a designated office at home or just even a place in in your house, like one side of the table that you do your work on, and then the other side of the table is for eating. Those kinds of physical boundaries are a really good way to just separate your work from your home life. You should also have really strict, unapologetic, no work times implemented throughout your day. For those of you that work a normal nine to five, you aren't pressured to start work at eight or continue your work until midnight. But if you're in a creative industry, there can often be pressure to work even outside of your normal work day just to get the work done. And having those really strict, unapologetic boundaries where you're not working for certain hours out of the day is going to really help prevent chronic burnout. Moving on to cognitive boundaries, an example of this is just limiting the time that you are talking about work outside of work. This is a really big one for me, especially when I was going through my internship as part of my grad program. I found myself commiserating with my classmates and fellow interns almost constantly. And while to some degree this was helpful, I felt like it also fueled the fire a little bit. And the more I talked about it, the more I thought about it, and the more I was letting work impede on my personal time and my personal space away from the job. It's about learning to prioritize what needs to be done today versus what feels like it needs to be done today. I have found myself many times over the past couple of weeks asking if I really need to get something done today or whether it just feels like I do because I'm under a lot of pressure and maybe feeling overwhelmed. Being able to distinguish what the worst case scenario is if I don't get something done today has been the biggest help and it just kind of puts things in perspective again and helps me find a little bit of clarity. So that's an example of a cognitive boundary. Moving on to social boundaries. Uh, My example for this is it's a good idea to have friends and hobbies outside of the work that you do. Not that there shouldn't be crossover in your life in certain times. If you have friends at work, that's a wonderful protective factor. But having friends outside of work gives you kind of a breath of fresh air. And it gives you a chance to just 
completely separate yourself from work once in a while and especially for those of us in creative fields I see this a lot where you also have creative hobbies I'm also guilty of this and having hobbies that don't overlap with your work is a really good way to set that firm boundary so you don't end up working during your leisure time. The last type of boundary that I will talk about is the emotional boundary. My example for this is just having self-compassion and a self-care routine in place for those bad days. If you are experiencing an acute episode of burnout, it's okay, but you have to know when to push through and when enough is enough and you need to take a break. This also kind of ties back to the cognitive boundaries thing where I talked about learning to prioritize what needs to be done today versus what feels like it needs to be done today. Ask yourself, what are the consequences if I don't take a break? Will I feel better? Will I feel more stressed? Will my burnout continue? Knowing yourself and knowing your limits is going to be key to preventing chronic burnout. And if you don't have any of these protective factors in your life right now, you are not doomed. Remember, everyone feels burnout once in a while. But if you're starting to feel like your burnout is crossing over from acute to chronic, it may be time to consider a new approach. Ask yourself, will my feelings about my job change once this project, task, or week is over? If not, perhaps it's time to make some changes. Evaluate your current job. Is there a different way you can be doing your current job? Is there something else you need to make your job better, like a longer deadline, more staff, outsourcing certain tasks? As long as your answer isn't more hours in a day, then consider making realistic changes to your current position. Next, can you adopt a new or different role within your company to make your employment more sustainable? This might involve talking to your higher-ups about your feelings of burnout and exploring solutions at a higher level. Maybe it's not sustainable for you to stay in your current role at that company, but shifting and transitioning into a new role might revitalize you a little bit and feel like it's a fresh start. On the topic of having a fresh start, maybe the reason for your burnout has less to do with the job and more to do with the environment. If this is the case, perhaps it's time to start looking elsewhere. It's easier to find a job when you have a job and never feel guilty for leaving a workplace that feels toxic or is encouraging unhealthy work habits. I know this is especially pertinent to creative industries where the expectations can often be way too high for somebody who's trying to live a healthy lifestyle. The work hours are outrageous and the stress level is just too high for somebody to work in long term. Lastly, you could do a complete 180. 
We live in a time where it's never too late to reinvent yourself. Maybe you need a break from the industry you're in and you want to try your hand at something new. Taking on a new kind of challenge has a unique way of resetting your brain. Similar to the fresh start concept that we talked about, being able to start out in a new job might challenge your brain in new ways that feel fun and exciting and fuel your creativity even more. Some other questions that I think it's really important to ask yourself if you think you might be experiencing chronic burnout is to ask yourself whether the problem is your work or is something bigger. This is a tough one because it really does require some deep self-reflection. Have you experienced a significant life event recently, like grief, birth, divorce, breakup, a health scare? You might be feeling really burnt out at your job, but the cause might have very little to do with the job at all. For those of us who suffer from anxiety and depression and other mental illness, Decline in work satisfaction is all too common. In fact, it's a hallmark symptom of anxiety and depression. This may be a sign that you should seek professional help to address your burnout so that it doesn't continue to impair your ability to work and enjoy the work that you do. To conclude, preventing burnout isn't about some magical cure or waving a wand to get rid of your pesky boss. The truth is, we can't prevent burnout. In fact, we can almost guarantee that everyone listening to this podcast will experience burnout at some point in their lives. Preventing it just isn't realistic. Instead of prevention, let's learn how to cope with it. Let's learn how to manage and overcome burnout so that it doesn't impede on our lives. If you liked this podcast, please take some time to rate it and follow me for more mental health and creativity inspired podcasts where I talk about the impact of mental health on the creative field. As always, I've been Amanda Elise and I'll see you on the internet.